Hello everyone, how are you this beautiful day, this beautiful day that the Lord has made? I'm Karen Jane Casey on the podcast, Turn to God with Karen, and every Wednesday we have episodes of Sword of the Spirit, and this is where we speak about putting on the full armor of God as we face the world each day, and one of our weapons, along with the shield of faith, is the Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, in this episode, we talk about passages from the Word of God. For August through December, on Wednesdays, we are looking at parables in the New Testament. And I hope that you will watch and listen to previous episodes, and I invite you to continue coming back on Wednesdays for these parables. Today's episode is Unforgiving. The episode is based upon the parable of the unforgiving servant found in Matthew 18, verses 23 through 35. And as we usually do, we'll first read that passage and then we'll talk about it. Let's begin by reading Matthew 18, 23 through 35 in the Amplified Bible. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the accounting, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But because he could not repay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and everything that he possessed and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees and he begged He begged him and saying, Have patience with me and I will repay you everything. And his master's heart was moved with compassion and he released him and forgave him, canceling the debt. But the same slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began choking him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow slave fell on his knees and begged him earnestly, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling, and he went and had him thrown into prison until he paid back the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved, and they went and reported it to their master with clarity and detail everything that had happened. Then his master called him and said to him, You wicked and contemptible slave, I forgave you all that great debt of yours because you begged me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave who owed you little in by comparison as I had mercy on you? And in wrath, his master turned him over to the torturers, jailers, until he repaid all that he owed. My Heavenly Father will also do the same to every one of you if each of you do not forgive his brother from your heart. Wow. Well, that is a valuable lesson there. We all know that God is love and he is good, but God is also just. You may think, well, I loaned to them and they didn't repay. I have a right to demand repayment instead of forgiving their debt to to me. That's fair, isn't it? What does Jesus say? Let's look again at Luke 6, verse 34 and 36. If you lend money to those from whom you expect to receive it back, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to receive back the same amount. 
But love, that is, unselfishly seeking the best of higher good for your enemies and do, and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. For your reward will be great, rich, abundant, and you will be sons of the Most High. Because he himself is kind and gracious and good to the ungrateful and to the wicked. Be merciful, responsive, compassionate, tender, just as your Heavenly Father is merciful. That's not easy to do all the time, is it? So it seems when you've loaned to another and they don't repay, there is opportunity to show mercy, just as your Father in Heaven shows mercy to you. To add support to our requirement to forgive, even forgive a debt, what does the Lord's Prayer say that Jesus has taught us? Let's read it. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, even on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day this our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It appears that if we refuse to forgive others, not just their debts, but also those who trespass against us, and if we don't forgive, what happens? Our Heavenly Father doesn't forgive us. That's scary, isn't it? There's even more to that, though. Mark eleven twenty five through 26 Jesus shared this with us. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Drop the issue. Drop the issue and let it go, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions and wrongdoing against him and others. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your transgressions. And there it is, plainly stated, forgive if you want God to also forgive you. And it's so funny that I came to this today because I had an example to follow. Someone really was nasty with me, and I don't know why. And um, <laughs> I have to forgive them. I have to forgive them. I don't know where they were coming from. But I do forgive them, and I know that God will show them what they did and how to ask forgiveness. You may want to throw in a qualification like, Oh, but the person I'm not forgiving, you don't know what they did. This doesn't apply to me. This person tried to kill me. This person tried to harm me or those I love. Caused me great loss. Lied to, about me or, or to others about me. Does that sound good? No. Jesus is not impressed with those justifications, excuses, reasons. No. Here's what Jesus said to the multitude on the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, verses 43 through 48 in the Amplified Bible. I'm reading that now. 
You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor, fellow man, and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love, that is, unselfishly seek the best of a higher good for your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may show yourselves to be the children of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on those who are evil and on those who are good and makes the rain fall on the righteous, those who are morally upright, and upon the unrighteous, the unrepentant, those who oppose him. For if you love only those who love you, what reward do you have? Do they, e- do they even, the tax collectors, do that? And if you greet only your brothers, wishing them God's blessing and peace, what more than others are you doing? Do not even the Gentiles, who do not even know the Lord, do that? You, therefore, will be perfect, growing in spiritual maturity, both in mind and character, actively integrating godly values into your daily life, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. This is the process that goes on in my head in a variety of situations, and I thought it might be helpful for you if I go through, you know, the thinking process that I go through when, you know, someone has offended me or whatever. This person did evil in response to the enemy, the devil. He had free will to do it. Have I ever been evil or said evil things? Yes, I have. Does God love all his creation? Does God want all of his all people to enter his kingdom? Yes. So who is responsible for vengeance, correction, and to allow each of us to face the consequences for what we think, say, and do? God, not me. And I would never want his job. Therefore, I can cast my cares on the Lord, and I can pray for my enemies, knowing that God will handle these situations in his perfect way and his perfect timing. I prefer to fall in agreement with the Lord. I, too, want all of us to enter into his kingdom. When I pray for my enemies, I know Among God's dealings with that person will be to open their eyes, give them the gift of conviction, when with that is opportunity to turn to him, repentfully, with a decision for Christ Jesus. Whatever correction correction or consequence they may face will be in our Heavenly Father's love for their eternal soul being considered. When that enemy of mine becomes a believer, accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they too receive his mercy. And I can say, praise the Lord. Can you relate to what I've been saying here? And like I said, I had an example today. Someone grossly offended me and I have no idea why. But I can pray for them knowing that God is knows the perfect way to deal with that situation. I don't know the best way to deal with it. I don't know where that person was coming from. But I can cast my care on the Lord and pray for that person. So sharing a bit of my testimony, I started life in the midst of child abuse. Going forward, I allowed abuse to continue to happen in my adult life. I came to Jesus in an old country church in February of 1975, and I was baptized the next week. Yes, that's a long time ago. But within a few years, I was no longer able to ignore the numerous 
problems and strife that surrounded me. I call it the wilderness years where I made both good decisions and bad decisions. I rededicated my life to Jesus in 2013 and doors opened for me. The Lord gave me a calling, ways to serve Him and share the good news of Jesus. Now I love to share podcast episodes and write books, serve the church and help in the community outreaches. When I face people troubles, I know to cast my cares and to pray for my enemies, and I pray for them now. And you know what? Sometimes we have enemies we don't even know about. Pray for them. In agreement with Jesus, I want all to come to his kingdom. Can you say that? I know that I will be with Jesus in eternity in heaven, and I hope that I'll see those who posed as my enemies will be there too. They will have repented from their sins as well as I repent from mine and accepted Jesus as I accept Jesus. My hope is that you can say the same thing. Are you a believer? Do you believe that Jesus is the only Son of God? Do you know that Jesus came to suffer and die on the cross for you? He paid for your sins and defeated death. Each of us have free will to decide whether to become believers of Jesus. Is the Lord working on your heart and mind right now? If so, I urge you to respond and confess out loud. Speak repentance, faith, believing, and accept Jesus. You may ask, is it really that simple? In Romans 10, verses 8 and 9, we're instructed to, in faith, acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that we recognize His power, authority, and majesty as God. In our confession, we demonstrate that we believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. When we believe and confess, we become His, and we're born again, saved. As believers, we know that we are loved cherished, and though we may face some troubles while on earth, we'll enjoy eternity with Him. I urge you, as part of your process, forgive those forgive those who have posed themselves of your enemies. Pray for them, and we'll all meet together in heaven. Here's something I wrote in my recently published book, Joy in the Valley, The Seven P's. Do not allow yourself to be pitiful because power exists when you peacefully and patiently pray to God, your provider and protector. I want to thank you for joining me today. I hope you'll join me every Wednesday in the episode, Sword of the Spirit, with a podcast, Turn to God with Karen. As you may know, Turn to God with Karen has episodes every Monday morning, A Hope and Faith Journey, where we talk about hard topics, struggles, challenges, and we, we find encouragement and healing through the Lord. So this is Karen Jane Casey, author, speaker, podcaster, domestic violence, victim advocate, and ambassador for Christ. Please go to my website contact page and send me your comments, your suggestions, any feedback is always welcome. And that is KarenJaneCasey.com. And at my website, you'll also see pertinent information regarding domestic violence. You'll see my books, my blogs, my podcasts. I want to say this, if you've read any of my books or 
listened to any and watched any of my podcasts and they have brought you encouragement, hope for healing, positive change, let me know about it. And thank you and God bless.